You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. to How She Creates. Today, I'm going to be sharing all about my story of how I became a clay jewelry maker. If you want to get a jump on it, like I always do, and see what you're actually hearing about, you can search my Etsy shop on Etsy. I am Lauren Likes Art. That is all one word on Etsy. And you can use code How She Creates for 10% off your order. So grab a pair of beautiful creative earrings that's going to allow you to wear your creativity out loud. They make great gifts, and you are going to learn all about them. But if you want to go ahead and look them up, it is Lauren Likes Art on Etsy. And the code is How She Creates for 10% off your order. Hello, and welcome to one of the very first episodes of season five of How She Creates. I am so honored that you are here to listen. Today's episode, I am going to share all about my story of getting started making jewelry. And you might not know these things about me, but I have been making jewelry almost my whole life and have had different um, jewelry businesses over the years, way before I even got into business, actual, you know, like a registered LLC business. So I am really excited to tell you kind of the background history of how I got where I am today. So to catch you up, if you don't know, I have started an Etsy shop. It is Lauren Likes Art, all one word on Etsy. Of course, the link is in the show notes, which you can find those at lauren-likes.com slash podcast um, on my website where everything is housed. And my I started my Etsy shop back in November of 2019, or no, 2020, 2020, that's the year. Time is just, time means nothing anymore, you guys. But November 2020, Thanksgiving weekend, I opened my Etsy shop and it had clay jewelry in it. And so I wanted to rewind all the way back to elementary school because I love hearing stories of how things came to be, how people got to where they are, how they figured out what they loved. Because if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that it is a winding road for me. I am interested in so many different things. I've tried so many different things, but there are a few things I keep coming back to over and over again, and jewelry is one of them. And so I wanted to talk about it with you today. So if we go all the way back to elementary school, do you guys remember those plastic things? that we made in elementary school in the 90s. So I looked them up because I couldn't remember the name of them. And it's this literally says they're called plastic lace crafts. Um, And they have all of these weird names, the groovy gimp, the super scubadoo, the beast boondoggle. I have no idea what those words mean. I don't remember learning any of those words in elementary school, but I do remember using that like thin it's thin long pieces of colorful plastic and you essentially like braid knit it together and you create these keychains 
And in elementary school, I learned how to do that and I started making them. And then my friends in my class wanted some. And so I started charging a quarter for small ones and 50 cent for the really big swirly ones. And that was my first little business in like second grade, maybe third grade, um, somewhere in there. And so it's, it's kind of jewelry, you know, um, I was making like a little keychain for people to wear on their backpack or on their like wrist as like a bracelet or something. Um, and so that was it. That was my start making jewelry for people. And one of my very first businesses I remember having. And so it's just always been something in me. I've always loved to make things and it just kind of, spiraled from there. People saw it, they were interested. So I started making them and experimenting and charging um, and turned it into a little business. And that's kind of the story of all of my businesses and all of the craft endeavors that I have taken on over the years. And so if you fast, fast forward to the end of middle school, somewhere around there, early high school, probably middle school for Christmas one year, my mom got me probably from Walmart a jewelry kit and it had like the little felt board that had um you know the lines to measure necklaces and like little spots to keep your beads and it came with jewelry pliers and a whole just set of everything different beads and things and so my sister and I both had them and do you remember those kits they were these plastic um storage containers and they rolled up into a like a ball and you unrolled them and they were really long and they had like a million little tiny compartments. Um, and so I literally, we filled those up with different beads from probably 90% from Walmart. There was one really cool bead shop in our hometown that had really funky beads and they had jewelry classes. So the kit my mom got me, you know, came with like step-by-step instructions for kids. And so, you know, I immediately started making tons and tons of jewelry and then I got really into it. And we started going to the bead shop and I even took some classes there and learned some more techniques. And I just kept trying things and just figuring it out, like literally reading the instructions. This was a long time before YouTube and the internet. And I just experimented and I made some really, really bad jewelry and I made some really actually kind of cute stuff. And the same thing started happening. I was just totally obsessed, making tons of stuff and wearing it. And people started to take notice. And as I progressed through high school, people got really curious and um, other girls at school wanted, they wanted their own jewelry. Guys did. And um, they also wanted to learn how to make jewelry. So I had, I went to a couple craft fairs and had like a little booth and I sold like one or two pairs of earrings. That's it the whole time. Um, but my mom was super supportive and sat out in the sun with me or I like at the church gyms to sell my jewelry. Uh, but I didn't care. Really, I didn't care. I was just making stuff and I loved doing it. And I even hosted parties. So again, at this time, I am accruing so much stuff. So what I did was I sat down. I remember working on this for hours and hours. I cut little teeny tiny pieces of paper and I priced everything. One penny, five cent, a quarter two cent. And so every single different type of bead that I have, they were all organized and, you know, little organizational clear bins that you get at the craft store. And I put a price on every single type of bead. I'm talking 
pennies for those little tiny seed beads, you guys. And then I went to my friend's house and I set up all the beads on the table. I laid out a, um, like a jewelry making board for everyone. And I had printed off, uh, or like designed these like papers and they went through and they picked out the beads they wanted and they wrote down the price of them. So four beads at one cent. And then I showed them how to make their jewelry. I helped them design it, lay it out, pick out their, you know, metal findings and things and put them all together. And at the end, they all had earrings and necklaces and bracelets and all kinds of stuff. And they probably paid me like $3 because, you know, they were just paying for the beads. And I don't even know if I was charging for my time or for the class. Um, I probably like charged just per the beads and realized I made like a dollar per person um, off of everything that that they got. Um, But again, it was so much fun. I just remember those that that day so clearly of getting to make with my friends and show people how to do this and seeing people learn and be really excited about what they designed and seeing how they picked things out and laid them out together um it was just incredibly fun and then a guy we went to church with was an eBay seller and so he would just go to auctions and buy giant pallets of things like he wouldn't even know what they were and he got this one palette full of these really cool gemstones so he asked if a friend and I would create some jewelry with it and then he would list the jewelry for sale on eBay and pay us for it and it was incredibly cool these gemstones were very very fun like amber and topaz and stuff and so I just remember creating these really big funky pieces um And that lasted a little into college also. We, of course, made no money off of that. None. Um, And, but it was just fun. It was fun to create. I loved the challenge. I love creating for it. Um, And, you know, I still have to this day some of that jewelry that I created back then um, in, in high school that it's still really cute and some of it is not, but I just can't get rid of it because I loved it so much. And it was so foreshadowing. Um, It was just another step on my creative journey and my process to get to where I am. Um, A lot of the beads back then I was using were glass. um, So, you know, which is not really in style now. And I was making all the little findings and twisting them, you know, by hand. And they definitely had a very handmade look. And they weren't as, you know, kind of professional and polished as you would see jewelry in the store now. Or that I even make now. But they still looked great and people loved them and people wanted to buy them and to wear them. And I was just so giddy at that. And so, you know, then college happened and then I graduated and got married and got a job and traveled. Um, and so making jewelry wasn't one of my main focuses anymore. I still have all of my supplies. I still have those original um, jewelry pliers that I still use today. That skill that I learned has served me so well over the years because I know how jewelry works. And so I can fix any kind of jewelry, you know, besides like gold or like my diamond and my like wedding ring or something. But um, I'm able to fix so much jewelry and I love to buy jewelry at, um, thrift stores and change out the settings or fix things on it or turn, you know, one earring they have for self into a necklace. There's so many cool things that I can do because I understand how jewelry 
works. And so, you know, if you've been around, you know that I started my creative business teaching art journaling, and then I morphed that into teaching workshops. And I have always been teaching workshops, like I said, from those in high school teaching that jewelry workshop. That was my favorite thing, getting to create with people and teach. Um, And so I have just been kind of following that thread, that trail all my life, you know, from teaching kids classes after school programs or summer camps to teaching adults. And so I left my art journaling business to teach workshops in person full time, you know, and then of course, COVID hit. So things were changing again, of course. Um, And around this time, this is probably, let's see, two or three years ago, um, clay jewelry started popping up on the scene. It probably popped up five years ago, or maybe even more, but then I started taking notice of it at least five or six, maybe even more. I need to look at some of the jewelry that I was buying um, from clay creators on Etsy. It's it's probably been a while. So if someone knows the uh, beginning of clay jewelry getting kind of famous, let me know. But yeah, I was just buying clay jewelry years and years ago, and I was just loving it. And I loved how versatile it was and how creative it was. And I just didn't know how people did that with clay. It was just such a cool thing. I loved watching and collecting pieces, and they were just really unique and quirky. And I felt like fit my style really, really well. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to try this. So got some clay, started looking up some tutorials and just making some stuff. And it was really bad. Um, But I went to the beach with my family and my mom, my grandma, my sister, my dad, we all sat down and we played with the clay. We made jewelry. We made, I made my dad, my dad needed like a fishing lure. Um, And so we made all kinds of stuff together. And I made these rainbow earrings and I was in love with them. Like I literally could not wait for them to dry and I couldn't wait to wake up the next morning and wear them. I still have those rainbows. Um, and now looking back on them, they're awful. They're not awful. They were actually pretty good. And I think that is was such a propeller for me because I saw I was kind of good at it. And I really liked, I saw how, you know, easy it was in theory. Um, It's definitely not simple, but it was something that I could do. And so we were still living um, in the Middle East at that time. So I just took some clay things home back with me when I went back and I just kept playing around. You know, I would just look at what other people were making and try and replicate it, try and figure out how they did it. I made some of my own designs. Um, my friends asked me for, for specific designs, and so I played with that. Um, a Beautiful Mess came out with the tutorial that has been all over the place of how to make those like clay ring dishes at that time that were swirled. And maybe that was one of my first attempts um, at using clay was trying that tutorial and seeing how cool it was. I mean, those are incredibly cool. I still have them. I have one right now on my desk um, because they were just so easy and beautiful and fun and and um, experimental, you know, with that kind of clay mixing that they do. It's like a tie-dye swirl. And 
So I just began playing with clay, just using it in different ways, trying different things. And then people started to take notice of the earrings and the jewelry that I was making. So at a radiant art retreat, I guess it's been more than two years now. I don't even know. It's just so sad how long it's been since we've been together in person. But I taught my first clay workshop and I had um, everyone sit around a big table and I had a billion colors of clay and I showed them how to make the clay rainbows because they're essentially, you know, you just roll out a snake and bend it and that is your earring and they're fun. Everyone loves to wear them. They're so versatile. Um, They're pretty simple. You know, you get a good quick win when you make earrings like that. So I taught that workshop. Loved it. And then I slowly started to think about it. Nothing really intense, uh, but I thought I could do this. And so we were going to have a craft fair back where I was living in the Middle East at that time, um, out by the beach. And I thought, this is my chance. This is this is where I can try it. So I made a bunch of rainbow earrings, a couple different styles, and I was going to sell them at the craft fair. Well, sadly, the craft fair got canceled. Long story for another day. And I thought, okay, well, I have all these earrings and necklaces now, like a lot of rainbow earrings kind of in the same color scheme. So I can't like wear a hundred pairs of purple earrings, purple rainbows. So I had a quick Instagram sale and a handful of people bought them and they really liked them. They're still to this day posting pictures of them wearing them. And again, those were all ones that I was hand making. I wasn't using any tools. I didn't fully, thoroughly understand how it worked, but it just proved that my idea was valid and people were interested in it and I was enjoying it. So I just committed to learning and experimenting and playing around some more and seeing what else I could create and what I could do with it. And it just spiraled from there. So we moved back to the States in May. So again, almost a year ago now, May of 2020. And I just started buying some clay, experimenting with um, earrings and jewelry and taking online courses and looking up tutorials and researching and talking to people and just figuring it out. So from May to November, Everyone who came over to my house, that's what we would sit down and do. We would play with clay. We would just make, make, make. And I was just experimenting, experimenting, experimenting. I was slowly getting better clay, learning what the better clays were. I got a pasta machine, which makes a huge difference. Um, And I just slowly leveled up my tools. I got a tile, you know, like a literal tile that you would like put on your like kitchen counter. and figured out the difference that having those right tools made to the creative process. I figured out baking and curing the clay. And it was just all for fun. People would come over. It would just be a really fun thing that we would sit around at the table and do for hours and hours. And then I would, they would leave with a bunch of jewelry. And so it was a way for me to experiment making and perfecting my process and for me to experiment with teaching it and helping other people um, solve their problems and figure it out. And so I'm so grateful to my friends and family who, uh, let me do that and helped me with that. And I'm glad that they now have some jewelry that I hope they love and they get to wear because they made it. Um, so slowly I just began 
making and building up my own ideas and my own collection. And if you have seen photos from the Radiant Art Retreat, the same one where I taught the workshop, I created this backdrop for photos and it was based on um, 90s inspiration, like 90s graphic design. Um, if you think uh, about Saved by the Bell, their cafeteria. So lots of big, colorful shapes, um, like really graphic ones. And I created a backdrop for it and I just absolutely loved it. And then I had made a collage out of some scrap paper that I had in my notebook. And those two things were stuck in my mind. I wanted to turn those into earrings. And so I took those ideas and I literally rolled out a slab of clay, picked out the colors to match the page that I'd created and that background that I had made for that, those photos. And I hand cut all these little shapes and I laid them out to look exactly the same. And then I cut them up into little different earrings that you could wear. And those are one of some of the first earrings that I launched in my first collection in November of 2020 for my Lauren Likes Art jewelry shop on Etsy. That collection had a ton of mixed images and mixed... Um, kind of color schemes, but they were all really colorful and they were really fun, you know, jewelry for people who wanted to wear their creativity out loud, who wanted to have really quirky earrings to represent who they were and the things they loved. Um, And they were bright and colorful and really creative and really, really fun. And I launched it and I sold so many pairs. Of course, friends and family bought them. You know, some of you guys bought them. It was the one of the most exciting things I have done in my career Um, because I was able to make something with my hands, something that I loved, that I had envisioned, that I wanted to bring into the world. And I was able to sell it and give it to people and put it in their hands and they could use it and wear it and love it too. And so seeing people be excited about it and when people tag me in pictures of them wearing the jewelry, it just absolutely makes my day. One of the big reasons we moved back to America was so that I could experiment with selling my art in person and being able to have reliable shipping um, to kind of give this a go, this creative dream a go, because I've always wanted to be able to make art and sell it. That's what being an artist is, right? Now, okay, you know, I preach way more about what being an artist is, but that's what being a working, getting paid for your art artist is. And that is what I wanted to try, that really traditional classic way. And it has been the most fun. I love making those earrings. I love taking pictures of them. I adore packing orders and shipping them out and seeing them come into your hands. And if you've listened to my story before, you know that I have had many failed Etsy shops. And it was for this exact reason. I did not love every step of the process. In the past, I had made something for myself. People thought I was cute. So I listed it on Etsy and then they would order it. And then I'd be like, oh crap, now I have to go and make that. I have to go spend time, get the supplies, get out my sewing machine, you know, make these pillowcases and covers and figure out how to ship them. And it was so difficult. And I was like working a full-time job. 
and it just became a whole thing and I wasn't enjoying it. But I have enjoyed every single step of the process for this because I can't get bored, right? Because clay is so versatile. So that first collection I released was so many colorful, creative, um, bright and cheery and expressive and abstract pieces. And then this last collection was inspired by nature. So I learned how to make links. So things are, you know, like chains that are hanging, uh, you know, using a lot of muted colors and nature colors. I made, you know, daisy chains and just so many different ideas. And I have so many more ideas. I'm never going to be able to get to them all because the clay is so versatile. I can make literally any color I want. I can put any shape I want onto them. You know, anything that I can dream, I can do. And so even though I'm working with clay, I'm working with clay and, you know, essentially cookie cutters are what you use, um, but really fancy ones, kind of, not really, just different, you know. Um, And I can do anything. And they're, every single one is going to be different. And that's the beautiful thing about clay jewelry no two earrings are the same. Not even the two that you're wearing in your ears. There's going to be like some kind of slight difference. Um, Especially when you create, like I was telling you about the scrap collage ones or the ones inspired by the photo walls, you know, all those little tiny little shapes I put on the little, the slab of clay. And then I cut out with the, with the cutters they're every single one is going to look different. And I absolutely adore that. And I just get to keep making new things with it and keep expanding out. I mean, I've even made, you know, like I said, bowls with clay. I've made um, plant holders with clay. There's the possibilities are just endless. And then I'm now experimenting with adding in different metal elements um, that go with the clay that you can, you know, like um, gold hoops that go with the, you know, with a circle cut out clay cut out. You know, there's so many, many new things to try and to learn and to experiment with that the clay is just so versatile. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about polymer clay, that craft store clay that you get at the craft store. Um, Now, there are definitely super nice brands um, that you can get and that I do work with some, but some of it is just craft store clay. And so it's really affordable. Um, But right now, there is actually a clay shortage in the world. And so it's really difficult to find clay right now. Um, So it has been a process, but it's been a great challenge in using what I have and using it up and not being wasteful. And which brings me to the point of some of my best selling, most favorite pieces are what I call my confetti no waste earrings. And so what I do is I use a blade when I'm creating and at the end of every color, I just like shave everything off. That's like the little teeny, 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 tiny little, little, you know, corners and remnants that are left on the blade. And I put them in a little pile. And then at the end of creating, you know, after a couple of weeks, I will roll out a piece of white clay and I will sprinkle those little confetti dots on there and roll them in and they just create an absolute party for your ears. It looks like confetti is is on these earrings and it is a way to not waste 
the tiniest, tiniest little bit that gets cut off at the end when you are cleaning up the jewelry. Um, and so just things like that. So much fun. And so a few more reasons why I love working with clay is that it is so lightweight. So when you're wearing these earrings, you truly will forget that you have them in. I did a really fun little reel where I measured some, I weighed some yarn, um, a seashell, a little troll topper that I've had since elementary school that goes on a pencil. They're 0.01 of an ounce. That's how much the earrings weigh. Even the big, big ones. Um, they, you, you just won't even know that you're wearing them. Um, and they travel really well because of that. They're really, um, hardy, um, you know, because I cure them correctly. So they're not going to break on you. They've got a little flex and bend to them. And, um, if they get dirty, you literally just wipe them off with a baby wipe, you know, even like little scratches can get in there and it just buffs right out by just like rubbing rubbing the clay. Um, and I love how accessible it is. You know, you can find it at the craft store. It's, it's not that expensive. And I love that you can hand make every single element of these. Um, and people do crazy cool things. Um, I follow some people who have, who make book covers, you know, but in tiny little earrings and they make each little, little element of the book cover or flowers or street scenes. It's incredible what people can do. Um, and the clay is so vibrant. These are so colorful and they're not going to fade. Um, and you can just do so much with them. And one of my favorite things is that you can use mixed media with it. So I have painted on them with acrylic paints. Um, like I said, I have mixed things in. You can mix confetti or glitter in or sand. Um, you can, I mean, really the sky's the limit. You can use Posca pins on these things. And you can make them all at home. Um, so if you're curious about playing with clay and making your own jewelry, I absolutely recommend it for you. <sighs> so now that I'm encouraging you to play with clay and try things out on your own, let me share some of my own successes and failures and goals I have for working with this medium. So I think one of the biggest, most difficult things is the process of figuring out how clay works to make it really um, long lasting. And so I talked a lot about curing clay and figuring out that process. And that is going to vary for everyone. So that's the thing that it, it really does take um, a lot of trial and error. And I have shared my process in some blog posts, and I will link those in the show notes for you. Um, but one of the big things that I learned was how important it was that your clay was cured correctly so that it was flexible. So I have a whole bowl full of clay that was not cured properly. So it's really, really hard. And when I go to drill it or if it got dropped, it would crack and break. And so it wouldn't be good to sell to someone or let someone use and where. So I have had to figure out that process and also figure out how to make the clay look nice, you know, so it doesn't have fingerprints or it's not all, you know, uneven or wobbly or doesn't have 
um, air bubbles in it and, you know, getting pieces to attach to one another correctly and figuring all of those things out and getting the backs to stick. Oh, I can't tell you how many backs I've had to re-glue because the original process that I was trying wasn't working out. Um, and so it's just been a long series of trial and error over every step of the way, you know, every part of the process, trying things, learning things, figuring it out, trying something new, um, you know, upgrading my materials to get them to be the, um, the quality that I want. And so that has been really fun though, to figure that out and try new things. And it's not been, you know, a huge process. And when I say that, I mean, it's not been, you know, super expensive or, you know, I haven't ruined, you know, a thousand pairs of earrings and had to come back to them. You know, I'm able to try out um, a technique on a couple pairs, see what worked, what didn't, try it out on another pair or two and, and keep going and problem solving from there. And so that's one thing I've been learning. Um, another thing I've been figuring out is my creation process. You know, it takes a lot of work, like hours to create one pair of earrings. So figuring that out and figuring out how to make multiples at the same time that are the same or similar enough so that it is worth my time and effort. But then also figuring out how many of each to to create, you know, how many are going to sell? How many do people want? Um, you know, what different styles are people looking for and curious about? So all of that has been a big learning process. And probably the biggest thing that was the scariest for me when I started um, with the idea of opening an Etsy shop that had held me back for so long was shipping. And that might be where you're at too. And I will say, Etsy has made shipping incredibly simple. I know there are business people out there who will say Etsy's no good. It's difficult. They take, you know, so much of your money and all of this, but I have found it to be so simple and so easy to use. And Etsy really walks you through the whole process of shipping. And so if you are curious about opening your own Etsy shop to sell whatever it is that you want to sell, I would highly recommend it. And I have an episode um, where I interviewed Etsy expert, um, my friend Danielle, and I will link that in the show notes for you too. If you want to learn a little more about Etsy, because it really has made things so, so much easier. And really the process of figuring that out, I just, I bought like a little kitchen skill. I you know, started buying packaging. I did a lot of research, looked at what other people were doing, looked at what was most eco-friendly, which what was most um, affordable, which was going to be affordable for me and for shipping for you. And there's a big um, divide there. It's so interesting because as much as I want 100% of my packaging to be eco-friendly, the price variant is major. And so it's harder for small businesses and small companies to take that leap into full eco-friendly packaging because it would raise your prices as the customer 5 to $10 per item just for the packaging that it comes in. Um, so I've been trying to figure out a good balance of that, of, you know, what I could use that is as recyclable as possible 
And one thing I do, if you'll notice when you open a package from me, there's not a lot of frills in it. It's not, you know, wrapped in tissue paper, tied with string and a bow and has a bunch of, you know, extra paper and things in there um, because that all just becomes waste. It's really pretty and fun to open, but I know for myself, I immediately just throw those things away and they last 0.1 of a second and so they end up being more wasteful and so my packaging is really really simple Um, you know I have the little jewelry boxes I have a stamp that I can stamp my logo on and then they go into um, mailers that are waterproof waterproof and weatherproof so that your earrings stay nice and um, clean and dry but you know what clay earrings would honestly be okay if they got a little wet Um, so you can clean them that way but it's not a big deal but So figuring out packaging and shipping was one of the biggest hurdles. So like I said, I got a kitchen scale. I got my packaging. I weighed everything together. I entered it on Etsy, the the size, the weight, all of those kind of things. And Etsy told me how much shipping was. And they charge people shipping based on their addresses and give people the option to upgrade the shipping or downgrade the shipping. Um, And so all I do is print out a label and I just use my regular printer for that. I know there are amazing label printers out there, but I thought for just getting started, I need to figure this out um, my own way. And so the first few I printed on regular printer paper and I taped onto the packaging and then I just bought some labels from the store. And those are what I'm using um, right now. And so, like I said, I've just been taking things step by step in figuring out how all of this works. And it's gone really well um, because I'm not putting a lot of pressure on it. I'm not rushing it. Like I said, I'm trying things slowly and I'm researching a lot and getting a ton of expert opinions and reading as much as I can about it. And it's been a really fun um, experience. And so, some of my goals and the things that I'm working towards with this endeavor are one, just being creative and getting to create something that I love, that I use and I'm wearing and that other people do too. And that I can help people wear their creativity out loud and that they can feel really beautiful and joyful and creative when they are accessorizing, whether they're going to work or church or out for dinner or just sitting at home on another Zoom call, but they get to wear a beautiful, cool, big, fun pair of earrings um, that are really lightweight. And so that has been always one of my top goals for this is that I get to create things that I love and share them with other people and bring some joy to their lives and their day. Um, It's also become a big part of my business. And that's been really encouraging and and really fun and really helpful. And so, you know, the more jewelry I sell, the more I can make and the more different things I can create with that. Um, And one thing I've been working on lately is creating collections. So a clear um, curated set of jewelry that all matches and all goes together so that you could... um, you know, buy a couple if that is your style, that collection is your style. And they all come from one place of inspiration. So I think that's a really important thing too, um, for creative people to understand the, I know we're inspired by everything, but the more that you can 
hone in your inspiration and work off of one thing, one theme, um, one idea, one mood board, the more and better and deeper you're going to be able to create. So if you looked on Pinterest and you just pinned everything you thought was cool and then you made something based off of it, you would be all over the place and your ideas would all be kind of half-baked. But when you give yourself those parameters. So for this last collection, mine was nature. And so I chose a color scheme with about five or six colors. Um, I kind of, I chose, um, some imagery that I really loved and that is what, and I put it all together on a mood board and that's what I worked off of. So all the jewelry has that cohesion to it because it comes from a similar place of inspiration, but it is all different. Um, but I was able to develop my ideas further and further and push myself to see what else I could make from that mood board, from that place of inspiration. And the more I made, the better the ideas got, the better the jewelry got, the better the collection became. Um, and that was really encouraging. That was a really good way for me to dive deeper into that creative well. And so if you are creating whatever it is that you're creating, that is a really good tip I have for you is to create that mood board and keep working off of it. And, you know, if you're a painter, do 10 paintings based off of one mood board and see how they all come together, how they're all different. Um, you know, what further steps you can take in each painting, um, as they evolved. And that's how you create a collection for whatever it is that you're creating. Um, so that's been really fun. And so I've been leaning into that, which is hard because I do have so many ideas and so many different things I want to do, but keeping myself focused and in line that way has made me more productive and more creative. And so, and it also helps because I can kind of collect ideas. So I can say, oh, well, this idea would go really good in a spring collection or in a nature collection or uh, just a you know, neons collection or a funky shapes collection. And so I'm able to put ideas in those buckets. So at the end, when I'm like, oh, I look up and now I have 10 ideas under each collection and I can work on them together instead of bouncing around and never really having a clear vision of what I'm doing. So I hope that is helpful for you as you are thinking about your own creative process. Um, so another goal I have that is really the most fun for me is doing collaborative pieces and custom pieces. So I've done this a few times already. I've been able to create for a, quite a few brands. Um, so people who have, you know, brand colors for their business and a theme or a feel or maybe like a little like logo. I did one that was a rainbow for someone and they were able to wear their earrings that match their brand um, and kind of channel all of that energy that they have when they're wearing those. And, you know, it's pieces they could sell, they could share with their customers or clients um, or, you know, use a swag. And so that is really, really fun for me. I love it when other people give me an idea. It's like a challenge, you know, how could I create my style within their parameters and we can create this really cool thing together that's so much more than both of us. I'm doing a collaboration right Right now with my friend Ashley um, and she is running a slow business retreat um, in March and I'll have a link to that also in the show notes if you are interested she does incredible events and so as part of the event um, you can order a 
rainbow necklace and earrings and they're really fun kind of hot pink uh they start at raspberry pink and then they ombre down to white the rainbow does and um, she's using them as a grounding piece for the people who are in the retreat to remind you to slow down and take a breath and honor your own pace and what you're working on and where you're at in that and so I love that my work gets to be a part of that um so that is something that is really fun for me or just a custom, you know, if you're a bride and you want to get, you know, a set of earrings to match for your bridesmaids. That's so much fun, you know, to be able to match that to their dress and their style and create all of that for people is just incredibly fun. I love being able to serve people with my creativity in that way. So that is what I'm working on right now. That is how this whole clay jewelry phenomena has come about in the creative world and how I've gotten sucked in and I'm so in love with it. And so I am creating, um, I would love to offer you a discount if you wanted to try out a piece from my latest collection or anything I have in my Etsy shop, you can use the code how she creates and you'll get 10% off. And my Etsy shop is Lauren likes art. You have to type it in all as one word when you're in Etsy, or of course at the show notes at Lauren likes.com slash podcast. And so here we are, you know, this is my creative story so far for how this started in elementary school, making little keychains to running jewelry workshops in high school to now having a full-fledged jewelry business. Um, I've got my work and my, my jewelry is in a couple different stores. Um, and so it's like a wholesale thing um, where you can shop. There's a store in North Carolina, a store in South Carolina where you can shop. And if you are in Rock Hill, South Carolina, you can shop them at the Mercantile there. If you are in Asheville, they're at Regeneration Station here, which is the coolest vintage store. Um, and yeah, and so I'm looking to continue expanding out and being in more uh, workshops like that. I mean, more stores. And I'm going to go to some markets this spring, summer hopefully fingers crossed those are gonna you know be open and be safe for people to go to and I'm gonna keep creating I'm gonna keep making new collections I'm gonna keep experimenting with more mixed media Um, I'm gonna let my work continue evolving and see where it goes and who knows this time next year I could be a full-fledged jewelry maker or I could have moved on to something else because it has evolved into something else um And I'm totally okay with that. I love riding this creative wave and following these threads and seeing where they go and where they take me. So I hope you have enjoyed learning about this process and I hope you've picked up some good ideas and tips for you to continue in your own creative process, whatever it is that you are creating and you are learning and doing. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I love that you're here. I love being able to chat and share with you through these podcasts. I would love it. I would be so appreciative if you would share the podcast with anyone that you think would be interested. Um, So you can share it by just telling them go listen to how she creates if they need to you to download the podcast app on their phone for them um, send them a link whatever you need to do share it on your social media that would be amazing again if you want to use that code it's how she creates for 10% off my Etsy shop Lauren likes art on Etsy Um, and I will see you back next week and you can check out all the links to everything we talked about in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast thank you friend and have a great week thank you so much for listening to how she creates 
If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.